I feel I feel gross in my soul. <laughs> I'm Anna Bogutska. And I'm Clarissa Lockery. And this is the next Supremes and American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. So we finished our rewatch of American Horror Story Season 4, Freak Show. And we, as you may have noticed, took a little break because life and vaccines and other stuff. So as we usually do when we finish rewatching a season, we're going to do a sort of a, a recap, a best of, or in other words, we're going to do the Freak Show Awards in this episode. Welcome to the first and last edition of the Dandy Awards, sponsored by Mott Frozen Goods. They freeze good. <laughs> they stay cold. They're definitely not human bits. They're definitely not human bits. It will not poison you when you cook it. Mott Frozen Goods. <laughs> Oh man, I wish you you get hired by Lin Manuel Miranda, and I also wish that I could sing. <laughs> I know, because then I'd have to do like very sincere raps about the frozen goods, as if you wouldn't love that. You put them in the freezer, and then you leave them in the freezer, and oh, they're in the freezer. <laughs> That's my impression of Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Not very good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so as as we usually do when we wrap up a season, we've got um a few categories that we're gonna run through and give out pick out our our top our best of the of the freak show. So let's start with you know a constant, an old favorite. What's the best quote of the season? Shall I go first? You go first. <laughs> My, well, obviously, there's a lot of great ones from Dandy, and we're <laughs> obviously fans of Dandy. One that just makes me laugh, and I, because it's so stupid, <laughs> is when it's like the Halloween episode, and because there's a killer, they're saying that, you know, nobody go out at nighttime, and Dandy says, curfews are for the poor people. <laughs> it's just, just like... <laughs> Very, what a rich person would say. Listen, at least Dandy is self-aware. <laughs> it's the only good thing we can say about him. That and he has lovely eyes. Yes, yes, yes. And he's very aware that he is a, you know, classically handsome, white, straight, cis, male American man. Oh, we'll come to that later. Don't worry. There's a whole, there's a whole thing. <laughs> Obviously, as this is sponsored by Mod Frozen Goods, there will be no criticism of Dandy Mod in this episode. <laughs> Please don't kill us. Uh, I'd say that mine is also a Dandy one. I'm very transparent. Uh, <laughs> I, 
there's a moment after, you know, in the episode when he does the Tupperware massacre. Mm-hmm. He's completely gone insane and, like, murdered a whole bunch of ladies there. And when the police come to his house, he is so cavalier about the fact. He's, like, showing off Tupperware. He's like, this is some fresh blood from some lovely ladies that I killed earlier today. <laughs> very good. He's very good. And the fact, yeah, it's like ingenious that he uses the Tupperware. You know what? Thrifty. He may be filthy rich, but he's also really thrifty. Yeah, because what else? How else are you going to carry the blood home? Well, quite. And moving on to our next awards category. This has been a very musical season. So what is the best cover song of Freak Show? I think my favorite is probably Elsa doing Gods and Monsters because Mm. Lana Del Rey and American Horror Story just makes sense. And I'm surprised that she has not been in it yet. Oh my God, you're so right. She's so kind of unofficially part of that universe anyway. Yeah, I mean, she also kind of, because she would play, like, you know, Sarah Paulson's sister or something. Yeah, and... or just, like, you know, a problematic side character in the way that Lena Dunham plays one. Yeah, but something about daddies. <laughs> True. <laughs> right? They've got, like, one of the older hot male, the hot guy actors and then she'd run around with her little tiny bag (laughs) with a tiny dog in the tiny bag yeah being daddy i love america (laughs) (laughs) right that's not a deal right american horror story daddy yes american horror story daddy Ryan, hire us. We're just giving you so many fucking free ideas here. <laughs> I I have to completely agree with you because uh, it's like I that was the first time I think I mentioned this on the previous episode. That was the first time I heard Lana Del Rey. I think that was the first time I heard that song, oh. and it was through the cover song. I love that cover as well. Even though Jessica Lang's not really a singer, but there's something so intense about her performance of it. I love it. Yeah, and she gets the breathiness, right? Because that's all you need. Yes. Bruh. Although I'm kind of sad that they um took out the swear words. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. I need them to do the... Oh, what's the one from a new album? About the... Men and means a business business conference. Oh, I don't know any of the lyrics. You mean that I've listened to the album several times, but I don't remember the lyrics. Oh, no, she's talking about the conference. <laughs> she packs like 20 words into one second. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will find that out. I will really listen to it. Um, But let's move on from, well, <laughs> from weird feelings to biggest feelings what was the biggest feels moment of the season oh do i want to give a sincere answer or a funny answer can you do both 
I think sincerely, um, the moment where um, I can't remember Angela Bass's character's name. <laughs> Shuts a short span memory. Um, <laughs> oh, Desiree. 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 Sorry, <laughs> the moment where Desiree uh visits the doctor and finds out that she can have children. I think. It's just a really, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a really beautiful moment, and because it's I, you know, to to be sincere about it, like that sort of stuff, those stories we don't often see, like you know, someone who had been placed in a box for their entire life because of like you know your anatomy looks like this, you are this, um you know to find out and all she ever wanted was to have kids and to find out that she could it's like mm. oh it's just really sweet <laughs> and the funny one oh the funny one was just like just <laughs> i don't know just my my dude my my 19th century ghost man just any time that people were confessing to him and he'd watch just being like mhm that's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> Failed therapist said one more drink. <laughs> yeah. Just just a, the little the little face in the back of his head being Oh, like, Jared. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we call him Jared. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fuck Jared. Don't be sorry. Never apologize to Jared. He does not deserve <laughs> your apology. Yeah, Jared being like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, that is pretty sad." And then more drink being like, "Mhm." <laughs> Jared would concluded. Jared would be like, "Oh yeah, that's very sad. Show us your tits." Everybody just be like, "No, not in front of a lady." I love it when you do his voice. <laughs> like I'm just. <sighs> I'm just sad that this is a spoiler. Edward Mordrake never comes back at any point in a future season. And I would like to see him again. <laughs> Maybe he will come back in season 10. Let's keep our fingers and our lobster hands crossed for that. Where's Bentley? Are you free? <laughs> of course he's free. <laughs> um, I, I'd have to say, I don't have a funny one. I think my favorite big, biggest feels moment is um, when Ethel goes to the doctor and she gets diagnosed, I think, with cirrhosis of the liver. And she gets treated with compassion and care by the doctor. And she has such a, such a, kind of breaks down a little bit because of gratitude. Like, she's just gotten terrible health news. But she's never been treated like a person by a, by a physician before. And it's such a devastating moment. Yeah, it's interesting you both chose Doctor, the Doctor scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're so right. It's it's that narrative of like, people who have been just completely ostracized for, just for very like surface-level physical features mm. to, to come into a space where it's like, here's a person who sees like the soul of this person and is not and that like just his completely non-judgmental attitude is just really it's very nice because i think like <laughs> it is such a widespread thing with with healthcare like mm -hmm. 
people for, for a million different reasons people constantly like not receiving proper health care because of like whatever reason that makes them slightly ostracized from society like somehow that passes through onto the doctor um and so i and so i think that's why that scene connects on so many levels mm. like i think a lot of people can relate to that going to the doctor and be like please could you just see me as like a human and not whatever is on your case file yes Yes, and also not like judge them by some preconceived notion of how they're supposed to be treated, um, you know. Because Ethel has this, Ethel has a is a woman with a beard. It's implied by the way that she reacts in that scene and by the performance of Kathy Bates that she's never really been addressed as as a human being, perhaps with like stuff that is related to her health that is has nothing to do with the fact that she has a beard, which is literally the only thing that anybody a lot of people see about her and about all of the other freaks as well so it's a it's a really humane moment yeah because healthcare is such like a basic human right and it is kind of like outrageous how many people struggle to get proper healthcare because of shit like that like people yes a doctor will see this one like <laughs> this one quality about them and then suddenly boom that's like all they care about yeah Moving on, what do you think was the most insensitive historical reference in this season? Well, I feel like Freak Show is quite light on historical references because it's Fair. sort of it, it did a lot of gesturing vaguely to things without uh specifically replicating. You know, cuz in past seasons we've had you know like here is the Black Dahlia. We didn't really mm-hmm. have a lot of that this season. But the one thing that just still makes me cringe Mm. now whenever I think about it is that awful scene with the Dr. Pepper and the Maharaja. And it's just like, what were you thinking? (laughs) This is terrible. (laughs) And like, that's meant to be the backstory to Mopity. And it just, no. Yeah. I think I'd agree with you that there's the historical references. It's more like allusions as opposed to references in this season, I'd say. So if anything, because a lot of the freaks are based on real life people, uh, but just taking the very superficial uh, elements of them and creating completely new characters, it almost feels unfair to say, oh, that's a reference. It is and it isn't. I'd say perhaps the the Lobster Boy, so that's Jimmy Darling, um, and the Lobster Boy family is kind of a reference to Grady Styles, who was famously known as the Lobster Boy and actually was not a very, not a very nice person. He was a murderer. Um, so, but obviously they just took one element of his anatomy and created a brand new character from that as same as they did with the Tatler twins so it it almost doesn't feel fair to use that as references it's more nods to real life people and to physical conditions than anything else yeah and it that feels like the the more tasteful way to do it mm-hmm. because it sort of gestures towards how these individuals were treated within society without like exploiting specific tragedies for entertainment. Going back into the gutter. <laughs> our next category is the Matt Boma Award for the horniest moment of the season. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Oh, 
Well, the thing is, I, but this is horny in like a really sweet way. Uh huh. <laughs> Just really like Desiree and her husband oh. and how horny they were for each other. It's like one of the best, like, pure, like, non problematic, no bad shit, no murderers <laughs> love stories of all Amer- of American horror story. That's cute. That's really cute. I'm going to say, I think you pointed it out in one of the early episodes. There was a scene where Jimmy winks at both the Tatler twins from the stage. And they both kind of take it that it's for them, not for the other one. And (laughs) at this point, like, it's still fairly on in the season. So they're still kind of, you know, like getting into, like getting used to being out in the world because they'd been sheltered for so long. And they are into jimmy so bad and it's like very palpable i mean who wouldn't be that's a good little wink yeah it's also quite wholesome in a way and then obviously the scene with stanley being like i've never fucked a viking before (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably like the horniest but i wanted to highlight like positive Positive horniness. loving horniness. Yes. Because, like, Desiree and her husband are, like, extremely horny for each other, but just in, like, a... Oh, they cute. love each other. It's cute. Cute horny. Um, and then, you know, continuing in our descent into the gutter, what was the most extra Elsa Mars moment of the season? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's when she goes to the cafe. This is the first episode. It says, stars don't pay. And just walks out. (laughs) It's like, it's so obnoxious. Honestly, (laughs) Elsa and Dandy should have a talk show. (laughs) I would pay money to see that. Um... I want to say, you know that episode where she's recounting her backstory as a sort of Weimar Republic um, Dominic tricks? Yes, the toilet with the nails on it. I remember. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment where she says... Uh, they... Oh, sorry. That should have been the horniest moment. I take it back. The guy who sits on the toilet with the nails on it. Sorry. <laughs> that I, t- I retract my earlier statement. I'm going to go for the... the... Well, like, no judgmenting of kinks do. If you want to sit on a nail toilet, go for it. But toilet nails. I I mean, I love that you went, like, all romantic and wholesome and, like, so pure and positive. And I was like, nope, sitting on on the nails, sitting on the nails on the toilet. I I want that. Just remembered it. (laughs) Um, I, I... like going back to that scene, uh, there's a moment where she says, they said I made men ejaculate gold. And I was like, bitch, calm yourself. <laughs> so that sounds really painful. It sounds really painful and like such an exaggeration. Calm down, Elsa. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> She's so great and so terrible at the same time. I mean, that's why we love her. <laughs> And fully descending into the pits of depravity, both our own and the show's, what was the dandiest dandy moment of the season? Absolutely, I am the US steel of murder. There are no other options. <laughs> specifically <That whole> <laughs> specifically as a as a like 
as this particular moment in that monologue is when he is lying on his futon thingy and just monologuing in voiceover and caressing his own stomach. Honestly, stop it, sir. If my stomach was that tight, I would do it all the time. <laughs> you would monologue and be like, I am the steel of Brighton. Yeah. I just feel like, look how tight my abs are. They ping. <laughs> I feel I feel gross in my soul. <laughs> We're just appreciating someone who uh, you know, dedication to physical fitness. We are appreciating the craft of acting and script writing respectfully. Yes, and the costume designer who made that really tidy whitey. <laughs> Very good job. <laughs> and on that note, let's discuss the best fit of the season. <laughs> and if you say tidy whiteys, <laughs> I will absolutely fucking lose my shit. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think which of my uh, which of Dandy's outfits I enjoyed the most because he had some really good fits. Mm. Um. He was wearing like a green thing at one point. Green pants, yes. His yeah, like Christmas outfit. Yeah, do I, do I want to pick that? It's hard because like there's no real standout dandy fit, but they're all sort of like they're all just good throughout the whole season. I have one standout dandy fit and one standout Elsa fit. Well, Elsa fit with the the blue, the the suit. the mid. The mint green, bluish pantsuit and the Bowie-esque makeup. Yes. That's great. It's really, really good. It also has that weird thing where when she's in her sort of performance mood, it looks amazing. And then when they shoot it differently, when it's the reality, it kind of looks really crappy and tacky. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and my da- my favorite dandy fit is the one that he wears to the Tupperware Massacre episode, where it's like sort of cream white pants and a burgundy and navy striped blazer with a little like pocket scarf thingy. Mm. He looks great. And then, you know, we're, we're both going to hell for this season alone. Uh, so let's just embrace it and discuss... Which was the best murder of the season? Honestly. <laughs> Go on. Emma Roberts getting sword in half. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I really enjoy Neil Patrick Harris and his dedication to, to sawing Emma Roberts in half. I was not expecting that. Uh. Come on. You know my love for magic. Of course, I'm going to pick the magic murder. It does make sense. It does make sense. I and then it's just it. when, when he opens when he opens it and he's trying to like stuff her guts back in. It's just very, it's funny. It is very funny. <laughs> what was yours? I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit like afraid, but uh, I I would have to pick Dante's murder, to be honest, because I think it was the most narratively satisfying one. It's the le- least bloody one, but also it's the one where it's actually like a proper good murder, where it thematically ties in to everything we've seen before. 
the kind of less bad characters get away with it and they watch it and they take such pleasure in taking revenge on this disgusting man. Yes. And obviously, you know, Angela Bassett, Desiree, has the best line after it happens where she closes that scene by just going, that boy is a star. And I love that. With her little popcorn. Yes. Very good. We're going to end this episode with one final award. And, you know, going to try to climb out of the the hellhole that we've um, dug for ourselves. The moral hellhole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think is the most deserved happy ending of the season? Edward Mordrake. (laughs) He got got a new friend. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think everyone at the end kind of deserves a happy ending. Hmm. Because it's hard to choose, like... Well, you mentioned her a little bit before, but I was saving her for this category. I think Desiree, because yeah, she has kids. She finds herself a beautiful husband who is so into her and she's so into him. And, you know, she gets that thing of, I know it's not the message of the season, but, you know, there is no, this idea of like being normal versus being a freak and I'm doing all of this in air quotes but Desiree kind of has that suburban life that she never thought was possible for her and she gets it in the end and she's happy and she's left the rest of it behind her and good for her but this is the thing you could also say that equally of Jimmy and the Tatler twins yeah which is why I struggled to pick between them because like all four of them really deserved happiness and they they deserved because those were all the lies that they wanted mm. and they got the lies that they wanted and it's so rare to have a happy ending in american horror story and it's really sweet and nice that everyone just gets to be happy and in love yeah oh or reading a vogue magazine as the other option. that's also true <laughs> not quite in love but she's got a magazine so it's fine <laughs> Is there anything, are there any last thoughts, opinions, takes that we want to make on American Horror Story Freak Show before we wrap up our rewatch of the season? Uh, I like it, like it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we kind of talked about it as we were watching and recording, but I was not expecting to like this season as much as I did. Because I haven't revisited, really, almost since it aired. And I enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed Coven. Yeah, I think this is this is one of my favorite seasons. I mean, we're about to mm-hmm. head into my favorite season. Same. <laughs> but this might be my second one. Just, I think, because it has the best character work. Yes. And, you know, we're just talking about the happy endings, like... It has a really strong sense of theme and like of who these people are, what their struggles are, and and like the mirror sides of of you know Dandy and 
the freak show and you know what does it mean to be an air quotes freak and mm-hmm. like there are there are lots of like very interesting ideas in this season that i think are well thought out as opposed to you know some other seasons where you go into it more for like the craziness of it mm-hmm. and it's really fun and out there but like you can't really come to the end of it and say oh yes you know this season's really about something. I feel like Freak Show is the the, the one season that is well and truly about something. <laughs> That's a really nice way of putting it. And I think it also, you know, taps into the core the core main theme that Ryan Murphy explores over and over again in all of his work. Everything from Glee to Nip Tuck to Running with Scissors to American Horror Story to American Crime Story, everything. It always boils down to looking at the outsider. And this season probably looks at it more explicitly than anything else he's done. Yeah, and I think like it's most the most sincere about it as well. Mm. Because all the other seasons, like, you can kind of, you can kind of pick bits and pieces out of it. But, like, (laughs) even though Hotel's my favorite, it's like, next season is just, like, vampires doing it. Yes, it is. And on that note, we will be back next week, starting with a rewatch of American Horror Story Hotel. Thank you for joining us for the first and last dandies because he died. Yep. It He's was dead. <laughs> it was a one year sponsorship deal. There's going to be no more. <laughs> but we will be back next Wednesday with the first episode of Hotel. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to be very delirious the whole way through next season. So apologies. There's going to be so much Hollywood history. There's going to be so much vampire shit. Lady Gaga impressions. Oh my God. I'm excited for that. I've just done a whole (laughs) like 20, 25 plus episode season on vampires. I am vampired up. Amazing. I have listen to chromatica a lot so <laughs> we're bringing that's... we're bringing so much complimentary knowledge to this next season <laughs> <laughs> that's what i can offer bring to the table <laughs> but in the meantime send us your thoughts on twitter i'm at clarice lou i'm at anna be demented and the podcast is at next supremes pod tweety tweet 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 at us your favorite Lady Gaga song. Oh, yes. When is it? I'd What's yours? Ooh. <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> Honestly, I love her more than most things. So uh, I will say my favorite album, controversially, is Art Pop. That's so controversial because my favorite Lady Gaga song is Applause. I my, Maybe it's Applause, but I also love Venus when she goes... Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know my ass is famous? <laughs> so it's a struggle between several of the art pop songs. <laughs> Honestly, 
Lady Gaga, Finn with Rock, Matt Bomer getting his fucking due finally in the yes. next season. I'm so excited. Just the gorgeous interiors. So much serial killing. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Maybe. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> we need to wrap up, but it's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you then, though. We'll see you at Hotel Cortez. Until the goblins get me.